Welcome to episode 35 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Now that the trading deadline has come and gone for the Montreal Canadiens, there still remains no shortage of topics to discuss. The injury situation just altered every trade plan that Montreal had. There's just no other way to look at it. There was so many players expected to be moved. Injuries just destroyed being able to showcase any of the players Montreal intended to actually trade. However, as disappointing as that is, is, and although people are still questioning, did Kent Hughes bloat, which I'm not sure how you actually do that with all the moves the guy has made, sets up a most intriguing offseason, starting at the 2023 draft for players that should be eligible to be moved, not so much the list that maybe people have been going off of, because obviously Jonathan Druin at this point is likely to walk away from the team and get nothing in particular or in return form. That list, though, should include players like Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Joel Edmondson, David Savard, Chris Weidman, Joel Armia, Jake Evans, Jake Allen, and Mike Hoffman. So there's still a lot of players to move in and out of there. I know some people have been caught on the Joel Edmondson emotional train ride lately as far as he really seems like he wants to stay and be a part of it. The problem is there's just too many players and other players that are already ready to step up in addition to the five specifically that have already made the defense so there's just not any room and with his injuries of the last two years it's just got to be the ultimate las vegas roll the dice to hold on to him i mean he's a great guy he's a great team leader he's a great locker room presence but there's just a no room and b the risk with his health is just excessively on the wrong side of the equation. Out of all the players with an expiring contract, the only one I would make any kind of offer to would be Sean Monahan, And that would be honestly an incentive-laden contract with maybe a $2 million to $2.5 million minimal um, cap floor on there. And then everything else is related to how he performs. The other reason that I'd offer him a contract, not only most likely would that be an option as far as a contract body or structure, but also in the fact that that obviously gives Montreal another year to evaluate evaluate he can now have another year to work with some of the younger players such as Kirby Doc and Nick Suzuki and pass along his experience and advice to them but it also allows Montreal another shot at trading him at the trade deadline further acquiring assets for a contract that they just merely picked up Calgary for them to make room on the scary part back to Jonathan Duran is there's actually people that want to sit there and say oh let's offer him another one million one year contract let's not it just hasn't worked out for him. Look, I wish the guy nothing but luck. I wish the guy a fantastic career turnaround that is just lights out. And everybody's like, oh my god, how can you root for that great of a season for somebody that you don't want to keep? Because it hasn't worked out in Montreal. Argumentatively, you could say it's one of the worst trades in team history. They lost a legitimate top four defenseman, probably their best pick in a draft in the first round Sensaku Koivu in 1993 in Mikhail Sergachev. Will he go down as one of the greatest all-star defensemen ever? Probably not, but he's a productive, large, and here's one, amazingly healthy compared to a lot of the guys in Montreal the last couple of years. So really? How can anybody want to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, we got to continue to wait for Jonathan Duran to come out of his shell. 
look, if it didn't happen after a five-year contract, it's not going to happen. Maybe he needs that magical mix with Nathan McKinnon in Colorado when they played as line mates on junior teams or something. Maybe he just needs a change of scenery. Who knows? I hope the guy's career isn't over. He's too young. What is he, 27, 28 years old? But still, it's time to move on from that. And undoubtedly, somewhere in that discussion, I'm sure is the fact that he's a local francophone and things like that. It's just not a valid reason to hold on to somebody. It just isn't. And speaking of a complete waste of time and things such as that, what is with the continued obsession about Pierre-Luc Dubois? Are there lots of people excited that they want to see like a Jonathan Druin acquisition take two? What the hell is wrong with people? What are people not understanding about the self-entitled attitude that he clearly played with when he was with Columbus and the fact that this year, whether initiated by his agent or not, is irrelevant. He should have come out and put a stop to all of the trade rumors and disruptions to the organization he plays for now being the Winnipeg Jets. He just strikes me as one of those kind of players, and there's been some in the past, that think they're bigger than the team, that think they're more important than a player, that think they're more important than anybody else on the team. And all of that is false. Nobody is. Once that happens, once that delusion or reality check needs to happen, it's time for that player to go. And that is just a problem. And again, the big thing with this particular player is why does everybody constantly sit there and go, oh, we got to get him, we got to get him, we got to get him. Why? If that obsession remains and everybody is just that gung-ho on the guy, he's got one year left on his current contract in Winnipeg and you can go after him and perhaps obtain him after next season. Why would you give up anybody? I've said before, if I was going to give up anybody, it'd be a one-for-one deal with Josh Anderson for Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's a fair trade. Similar players, similar age, similar production, except, and I know people are going to jump on the last couple of years, yes, Pierre-Luc Dubois did have 28 goals last year and 60 points, more points than Josh Anderson's ever had. And yes, he's got more points than Anderson this year. But still, who in their right mind would give up a Nick Suzuki, a Cole Caulfield, a Kirby Doc, any one of the five young defensemen that made the team, well, I should say probably four because they did get Kovacevic off of waivers from Winnipeg this summer, so that really wouldn't count. But any one of those top four defensemen, Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc, throw in your eyes of Klosky. He's unknown at this point. And, of course, any of the prospects in the Montreal pipeline right now, especially from the 2022 draft, the 2021, 2020, 2019, and I'll even go back to 2018 and specifically in the third round, Jordan Harris. Pierre-Luc Dubois is not even worth any one of those players one-on-one for a trade. And again, why would you deplete your team's skill set and pipeline when you can obtain a player that apparently some people are very obsessed about next year? in a UFA stage. I don't get that logic. You can't make moves like that unless you just want to be a perennial toilet bowl team in the NHL. I would hope the greatest fans in the world, which I believe the fans of the Montreal Canadiens are, and that city is the most knowledgeable of hockey of any city in the world, I would hope there would be but one goal in mind, and that is the return to the glory years of the Canadiens, not turning back the clock, but a new version of that moving forward that perennially brings the Stanley Cup to Montreal where it belongs and it stays there. I would think that would be the goal. 
but there are just way too many people that want to do way too many insane type moves that are just going to destroy the team and deplete it. You're going to go from a team who has lots of talent, lots of prospects, one of the greatest depth pools in the league, to a barren cabinet once again. And the sad part about that is, when that happens, everybody's going to be like, well, you know why Pierre Luc Dubois didn't do well? He didn't have anybody to play with. Well, when you trade them all away, what do you really expect? Honestly, what can you really legitimately think he's going to do if there's no skill for him to play with? And that's a problem for any skilled player. The only two players that you could literally, that I can think of, that you could put anybody with that they played with and it didn't matter who and they would suddenly turn them into an all-star is Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux of the recent hockey era. Now, you might be able to argue that and also include in that list Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. Let's do that. But you're still only at four people. That's not a lot of people that can do that. That is just insane. Now, turning to a positive note, Caden Gooley is going to be a fantastic leader. Back to the whole five rookie defensemen that have made the team this year. Amongst them, he has exemplified a young team leader. And sooner rather than later, he is undoubtedly going to be named an assistant captain on the Montreal Canadiens. Arborakja, again, God, I hated to see that guy go down with an injury. He was just having a phenomenal year and had been so more than anybody ever projected for him or expected. He's going to be a cornerstone player. Jordan Harris seems like he's been the kind of player that even as a rookie has already been in the NHL for years since the first day he arrived from Northeastern University and has played with a comfort level that generally only veterans play with. He doesn't get rattled. He always stays calm. His skating and transition game is well beyond his years. Jonathan Kovacevic, like I mentioned earlier, acquired from Winnipeg in the offseason on the waiver wire draft, has been the large defenseman on the right side that they badly needed to replace, has been a picture of consistency for the most part. Yeah, has he had his ups and downs? Sure, he's a rookie. But that said, he has played better than most defensemen of previous years have played in Montreal for a long time. And then you add Justin Baran, who got called up later in the season after not having a great exhibition season and beginning to the year got sent down to Laval obviously wasn't happy about it I think the time did him really well and he has come up much more prepared and has been yet another six foot two 200 pound roughly defenseman with a smooth transition game has a heavy and accurate shot and like all of the five rookies have done has played well beyond his years this year I think it's been a fantastic story for all the people that want to say Montreal oh my god it's been a horrendous season and again, they've acquired nothing. They've achieved nothing. They've had a hell of a season and made a lot of progress in areas. Progress that when you're building a Stanley Cup contender in from a rebuild start all the way up, that's a lot of progress in a single year. And it's been absolutely fantastic to see that quality of player arriving in Montreal on a consistent basis that hasn't been seen in decades. That quality of player, the last time that it was seen with any kind of regularity, dates back to the great teams of the 70s and before. And that is not a gap of time to be proud of. That is a long time. Think about how many decades have passed since then and how that consistently, which was taken for granted, always expected previously, is now finally starting to show back up. And there has to be a very, very long line of people lining up and getting ready to apologize for their remarks about and to personally Mark Bergevin because yes, 
The new management had a great 22 draft. The new management has done a great job since they've been there. The new management kind of has less of a czar, almost control issue problem than Mark Bergevin did. But I'll tell you what, all these prospects that are making the teams right now, other than Yurav Slavkovsky, the first pick overall in the 2022 draft of the new management team, every other new player, every other young star, everybody else that everybody's excited about, that includes people like Jordan Harris from the 2018 draft, Cole Caulfield and Jaden Struble from the 2019 draft, Caden Gooley, Yan Mysak, Sean Farrell from the 2020 draft, and Logan Mylou, Riley Kidney, William Trudeau, Joshua Roy, and maybe even Xavier Simino, all from the 2021 draft. Gotta ask yourself a question. Who was the general manager that drafted all those players? Who was in charge when Montreal acquired all of those talents from the draft? And the answer is Mark Bergevin. Well, needless to say, this brings us to the final 17 games of the season, roughly. Montreal is currently on a six-game losing streak, soon to probably be seven. So the people that have had hoped all along in the entire season for Montreal to finish as badly as possible, you may have a lot of things coming to fruition that you've been looking forward to for a while now because Montreal has one of the hardest seasons, most competitive teams that they're playing against for the rest of the year, and it looks like they are going to lose the majority of those games. I would be surprised if at most they win somewhere between four to six of their remaining games. Not because they won't be trying. I think Martin St. Louis, again, another person that's been criticized by a lot of people that they had no business criticizing, has done a fantastic job. He will have them ready and prepared, but they're going to be playing against most of the better teams against the league. So that schedule should favor the Canadians slipping in the league standings. That, maybe with a little draft lottery help when the teams are selected in the order that they'll be drafting in, maybe Montreal will still end up with a top three, top five, or right around that area. That would be outstanding. And hopefully the Canadians can add some large, but also skilled, not just bangers, third liners. That's not what Montreal needs. The new breed of larger player also has to be skilled. It just can't be the guy that's going to clobber somebody against the boards. So hopefully with those two things happening, Montreal will have a very exciting draft. But I think the attention now is going to be towards the offseason and seeing how that roster continues to take shape. And again, great job by the new management team from the general manager VP all the way to the coaching staff. The development staff seems to have people playing a style of game that relates to what the pro team is doing. Again, Raphael Harvey Pinard has been one of the many highlights this year from the Laval Rockets, and it's great to see the chemistry and the alignment taking place in the whole organization so everybody's on the same page. With that said, have a fantastic week. I'm your host, Stephen Stiles. Thanks again for tuning into episode 35 of the Hockey Free For All podcast.